Our Bible reading is from Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 to 11. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Every Palm Sunday for the past 17 years at St Lawrence, I've had the joy of having a real-life prop, a donkey. In fact, for many years, it's been Dolly the donkey. I'm not making this up, it's true. Dolly is her name. So it feels a little sad this year that we're not able to celebrate the start of Easter week in person with our beloved live prop. There's always something unforgettable and heartwarming about seeing a donkey walking around the outside of church with a child sat on it wearing a bicycle helmet. That's the child, not the donkey. <laughs> and then watching as the farmer and other members of the church try to shove the donkey into church from behind when the donkey's doing everything it can not to enter through the west door. And then when it's finally in position at the front of church, I love seeing the donkey just standing still as we sing our hallelujahs and our hosannas. Happy memories, which I hope will be rekindled next year. But the point is this, if you know anything about donkeys, you will know that if they sense any uncertainty or fear or even threat, they have a natural propensity to freeze and not complete the activity. And this is often misunderstood as stubbornness. But donkeys actually have a strong sense of self-preservation and they're sensitive to the behaviour or attitude of the handler. I think this makes the, the whole event of Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a colt, and that's a young donkey that's never been ridden, with a very great multitude shouting and cheering and waving palm leaves all the more remarkable. And it's remarkable because an animal that has a natural disposition to freeze when it's uncertain or afraid allows Jesus, the Prince of Peace, to sit upon him and then walk into the midst of this noisy crowd and be led into Jerusalem. 
When Jesus is in our midst, his peace is present. When Jesus is with us, all fear and uncertainty flees. When Jesus is taking the lead, any natural disposition is transformed into supernatural mission. And there is only one thing for us to do, and that is to go with him in faith and obedience. And the Lord uses a misunderstood and often neglected animal to reveal such a reality in the midst of such drama. He uses a young donkey, a colt, to teach us this truth. You see, when Jesus is in the room, everything changes. When Jesus is in our midst, his kingdom rules and reigns over everything that would ordinarily cause us to freeze or remain tied up. When Jesus is taking the lead, there's only one thing for us to do, and that is to follow him. And I want to encourage each one of us all, as we take this step-by-step -step look at the familiar story, to allow Jesus right now to come and to rule in our hearts as the Prince of Peace. To invite Jesus right now to come and reign as King of Kings over every circumstance, every situation, and even our relationships. Those things that cause us to be uncertain, fearful, and even threatened. To welcome Jesus right now, to come as Lord of our lives, and to let him take the lead. See, he is waiting. Why don't you do that right now? Jesus, we welcome you. We invite you. Come into our hearts as Lord and King. And we ask this in your precious name. Amen. Well, let's have a look at this amazing story. And if you want to summarise it in just a few sentences, we could say it starts with Jesus and his instruction to the disciples. It finishes with Jesus and the crowd's profession of who they think he is. This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee, verse 11. And then everything in between is all about Jesus riding on a colt into Jerusalem, the holy city of peace. And if you have your Bibles handy, Please read this with me, because we're going to have a look at this step by step, starting in Matthew 21, verses 1 and 2. Now, when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. Jesus gives an instruction to two of his disciples. Go into the village opposite you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. How did Jesus even know there was a donkey and a colt? And a colt is uh, a donkey, no one's a young donkey that no one has ridden. Had he done some kind of secret reconnaissance? Absolutely not. It was revealed to him. It was a word of knowledge from the Father. And we see this time and time again in Jesus' life and ministry. See, Jesus knows the voice of his Father. And what a difference it makes when we know the Father's voice too. And I think there's a gentle but also firm challenge here for each one of us, needing to get better at listening to the voice of God. I mean, these two disciples, they could have spent all afternoon 
looking for a donkey and a colt for Jesus to ride on and actually not finding one. And it's not quite the same thing, turning up with a camel. (laughs) But when the Father speaks and when we hear his voice, we will never miss the opportune moment or we will never waste the appointed time as we follow his leading. He's speaking to us today. If only we have ears to hear. And if only we're ready and we're prepared to listen. And we see Jesus' instructions continue. Loose them and bring them to me. Well, on the surface, this sounds a little like acquisition without permission. Well, we call that stealing. Well, of course, it's not theft. Not least because everything belongs to the Lord anyway. And also because he gives the disciples a get out clause in case they're challenged, which is this, the Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them back to you shortly, verse three. But at a deeper level, this underlines a very important spiritual truth. You see, one of the things God asks us to do as his disciples is to loosen that which is bound. And if we're serious about doing his will, he is serious about getting us to do the loosening for him. For example, if we see someone tied up in unforgiveness, God's desire for us is to go to them and be alongside them and untie them with his gift of forgiveness so that he can use them for his glory. If we see someone captured by doubt or fear, God's desire for us is to go to them and untie them with his gift of faith so that he can release them for his glory. If we see someone bound up in illness or disease, his desire for us is to go to them and untie them with his gift of healing so that he can bless them for his glory. If we see someone bound up in despair, His desire for us is to go to them and untie them with his light and love so they can live for his glory. And you know, at times this might seem a little risky for us or beyond our comfort zones. And the equivalent of untying a colt might be for us hearing God say, well, go up to this or that person and pray healing for them or tell them God loves them or whatever it is God tells us to do. Actually, when we think about it, it's not such a big risk. It's not like us stepping over a cliff, trusting God will hold us up or walking on water, trusting he will keep us above the waves. This is stepping out with the possibility that people may reject us or turn us away. And like the disciples here, the Lord never sends us out alone. We're part of a family. There were two of them and he does the same with us. But if we're serious about doing God's will, then there is at least the little risk or risk we need to be prepared to take as disciples of Jesus. And what's encouraging in this passage is the way the disciples, they did just that. They took the risk 
not knowing at the time that this was in fulfillment of the scriptures, verses 4 and 5, read with me. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. And that's Zechariah 9, verse 9. What an amazing word and a prophetic word that came into being. And then we continue in verse 6. The disciples went and they did as Jesus commanded them. In fact, Mark's account tells us that the, the colt was already tied by the door outside on the street, Mark 11:4. And I love that too. It was tied at the doorway, the doorway out onto the street. Notice these disciples didn't have to break into someone's property or kick a shed door down to get these animals. The Holy Spirit had done all the preparation for them. The colt and the donkey were ready to go out. And this in itself is such a, a powerful picture of another reality that Jesus reveals elsewhere in the Gospels. In John 4.35 he says, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. Friends out there, people are ready to be untied. This is the season of loosening. Now, I'm finding in nearly every pastoral visit I make, as people share those things that have kept them tied up in fear or doubt or uncertainty, pain or whatever it is, the Lord uses this opportunity to bring freedom and renewed purpose in their lives. I've had so many emails and messages coming in just confirming that's the case. I think possibly more than any other time in history, this is the time for God's people to go in obedience to God's word and to do the loosening for his glory. And the disciples here were prepared to do this for Jesus and to take the risk. But the risk they took was not only, if you like, an act of faith. It was an act of obedience. Proverbs 5, uh, 3 verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. You know, I'm quite sure they may not have fully understood what they were being asked to do. But they went and they did it anyway. Praise God for obedience. You know, as Christians, we... We love to speak about faith and we love to have our faith built up with great testimonies, but we're not so keen on obedience. You know, one of the hardest acts of obedience is to love those who do not love us. Or in this case, in this story, where we know we may not be welcome as followers of Jesus. But as Mark account shows us, verse 5, when the disciples untied the colt and the donkey, some of those who stood there said to them, what are you doing loosening the cold? In fact, in Luke's account, it's the owners who ask the question. But let's be clear about this. There will always be those who challenge us, question us, even criticise and undermine our acts of loosening. You know, I know from my own experience, there have been times when I've prayed for healing, for physical healing 
for someone and into a situation. There have been those who've responded to it with cynicism. And maybe at times when we share God's love, there are those who react with contempt. But we do not need to carry a burden about this or worry for the simple reason. Jesus has given us the answer. And as we decree his plans and his purposes, it has to come into being. Here the answer was, Jesus said to the disciples, the Lord has need of him. Actually, if Jesus had said to the disciples, tell them it's because I just like donkeys, it still would have happened. Because as we decree his plans and purposes, it has to come into being. Verse 7, read this with me. They brought the donkey and colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him, Jesus, on them. I think there's something very beautiful about this act of worship that is, is often overlooked here. The way the disciples literally threw their cloaks over the colt and the donkey so Jesus would have a more comfortable ride. And it's this that I want us to finish with. You know, through our worship, we bless the King of Kings. Let me just say that again. So it just sinks into our hearts, into our spirits. Through our worship, we bless the King of Kings. You know, through our worship, we bring delight, pleasure to the Lord. Psalm 149. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of his saints. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with tambourine and harp. For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with salvation. You see, as we throw off our cloaks, and it's like garments of any kind, it's that which covers us up, the masks we wear, the things that hold us back, as we throw off our cloaks, as we worship the Lord with that kind of abandonment, we are blessing the King of Kings. And this act of abandonment is an act that would cause even the stones to cry out if there was no noise. And even the children in the temple to shout out loud, Hosanna to the son of David. You see, those with the religious spirit don't like it because they can't control it. The Pharisees, they didn't like what was going on in this account one bit, as Luke and John's account tell us. But our Heavenly Father loves it. He delights in it. God loves to hear a praise that comes from the place of throwing off the cloaks, removing anything that restricts and restrains our act of worship. God loves and delights in worship that comes from an abandoned heart, inside out, that shouts out with delight, Hosanna, which literally means help us or save us, we pray. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David, Hosanna in the highest. See, Jesus was taking the path into Jerusalem that would lead to the cross for us.
the Easter story that we are living out this week tells of the drama of the Last Supper, the pain of the Garden of Gethsemane, the injustice of the arrest and the trial, the horror and the darkness of the crucifixion, and the victory and the glory of the resurrection. And it all happened as we read in the gospel, Gospels because Jesus, the Prince of Peace, was willing to come to us. So that prophetic word reveals, Behold, your King is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. He was willing to untie the bonds of our slavery and sin and death on the cross so that we can be set free and live in the freedom of his light and love with him for eternity. No wonder we read in verse 10 that the whole city of Jerusalem was moved. In fact, it was shaken. And this should move us too. This should shake us too. And it should certainly move and shake us into action. And so as we reflect on this Palm Sunday, this amazing story of the triumphant entry into Jerusalem, I just want to finish with this question. What is the action that we should take? What is it that should move and shake us into action? And as I bring this talk, if you like, to landing, can I just finish with two things for us to consider and reflect on, especially as we journey through the Easter week. And the first thing is this, for us to intentionally step into this season of loosening. Step into this season of untying. And let's do this together. Be those who are willing to take the risk to untie the cults that Jesus is asking us to untie. It may actually be something in us. Or it may be helping another person. But these cults, if you like, of fear and doubts, uncertainties, pains, disappointments, hurts, sicknesses or whatever it is, they're at the doorway and they're ready for us to loosen them and to set them free to walk with Jesus. And I believe he is calling every disciple of his to hear his instruction and in faith and obedience to carry out his will. Let's be intentional about stepping into this season of loosening. But the second thing is this. And again, as we reflect on the Passion narrative and all that Jesus has done for us, let's be intentional as well about stepping into the freedom of abandonment as we worship him. And make the choice to worship Jesus, not just once when we feel like it, 
Not when we're in a crowd, when eventually we're able to come back together in a crowd, in a congregation, and being caught up in the moment. But every day, in spite of all that comes against us and the challenges we face, to be those who intentionally worship Jesus by flinging off our cloaks and praising him with abandonment and with joy, because he is worthy of such praise. And creation knows it. He is deserving of the highest praise. And as his people, we should join the song of heaven and we should show it. Let's pray together. Just take a moment, invite Jesus into your homes, into your midst, into your hearts. You see, when Jesus is in our midst, his peace is present. When Jesus is with us, all fear and uncertainty has to flee. When Jesus is taking the lead, any natural disposition uh, that we have to hold back or to, uh, to just to freeze where we are is transformed into a supernatural mission to go and do the very thing that he's asking us to do, and to do it in faith and obedience. So I just want to encourage each one of us right now, allow Jesus into your hearts and into your lives. And you do that with the simple prayer, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart. Lord Jesus, Prince of Peace, I will welcome you right now. Come and rule in my heart as the Prince of Peace. Come and reign over every circumstance and situation and relationship that causes uncertainty and fear and even threat as the King of Kings. And be the Lord of my life in everything. And Lord Jesus, in response, I want to say to you, here I am. Send me out in this season of listening, in faith and obedience, to follow your leading, to hear your instruction, to carry out your will. And in the midst of it all, Jesus, I want to draw closer to you day by day. Help me to draw closer to you, into your presence, to worship you without restraint or restriction, without utter abandonment, because you are worthy of all praise. Just take a moment. Allow the Holy Spirit just to come and flood in as you offer this prayer to Jesus. And all of God's people said, yes and amen. Yes and amen.